0: Before we, uh, before we jump in, want to uh, just give you a quick update here. March the 18th, we're going to do a youth sports Sunday here on Sunday morning. We have been, um, I don't know, just been really exciting over the last few months, finishing off the Grace Impact Center and seeing the literally thousands of people a week that are coming here to use this facility. And we've been trying really hard to to minister to them and to show them the love of Christ in really practical ways and handing them out water and, and juice and things like that. And let them know we we care about them. If they have any questions they can, you know, come and ask. And we have like hosts and hostesses that are over there. And we've gotten such great feedback from people. Usually, you know, in a business or anything you do, if you if you have your own business, if people people complain very easily But people don't write nice things or say nice things very easily. And when you get multiple people saying how much they appreciate being here at our facility at Grace Chapel because of the way they're treated when they're here and the environment that we create, it means if you get three or four of those, it means there's three or 400 or more that or people think that way. So that's exciting. What we wanted to do is say, how do we get folks from over there to maybe want to come over here? So we're going to do a youth sports Sunday on March the 18th. It doesn't matter if you use this facility with your team or not. This is a great time to invite your team. If you are on a, on a you know, a sports team, we'll, we'll focus on a sports theme. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll have an ice cream social afterward after the second service so we really just want to encourage you to, to keep inviting people to the church. Church has been growing. God's been doing some amazing things. And this is just one way that we want to say to our community, hey, thanks for being a part of our our body, if you will, part of our community here and, uh, and move them from that building again to this building and just show them the love of Christ while they're here as well. Um, God's been doing really amazing, amazing things. And the giving in the church has been very good, so don't take this as it's not been very good. But I really want to encourage you to continue to give. We don't we don't talk about it a lot. We don't pass around the offering plate. People have brought that up that maybe we should start doing that. You know, I'm not really sure that that's the uh, the best idea. But we have offering boxes, and people honestly, people, this is the number one asked question of me: uh, How do you give here at the church? When and people ask me that, I'm kind of like, uh-oh, um, the box is over here and at this door over there. We are moving forward, and you can see it physically on this campus, all the physical changes we're seeing, and the spiritual changes that we're seeing. We had about 17 or 18 people give their lives to Christ last week in the service, both services, and God is truly moving in powerful ways. And so part of the, part of the way you keep that momentum going is through the worship the worship of tithes and offerings. So I want to encourage you to remind you that we want to keep moving forward with what God is having us do locally and globally. Um, so just remember your, your tithes and offerings. All right. We're in a series called 40 Days in the Word, and it has been so much fun so far. I don't know if you've been a part of a life group or you've been doing it online or whatever you've been doing, but it's, I've gotten great feedback Um, We're doing it in our small group. It's been really exciting. It was really fun to kind of get together and walk through that. And and so God has been moving in powerful ways through this series. And this morning, I want us to look at the power of the Bible to change our lives. The power of the Bible to change our lives. The Bible is unlike any other book. There are a lot of good books out there. In the world, There are a lot of great books out there in the world. One my, my favorite authors is Ravi Zacharias. I say to my family all the time, this guy doesn't waste a word. I mean, it seems like every word that he says <clears throat> I just soak up. It's awesome. And he writes great books, but it's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. See, the, the difference is the Bible is unlike any other book you're ever going to read. It has supernatural power to change us, to change you, to change me from the inside out. I mean, God's word has the ability to penetrate and it changes from the inside out. The reason it has power to change lives is it is because it is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is God breathed. OK, God breathed. The reason it has the power to change our lives is because it's not just print on a piece of paper. If I write a book, it may you may like it but it's print of my thoughts on a piece of paper. Unless I use scripture, it doesn't have that kind of power. It doesn't have the power to transform like the Bible does. So it's not just print on a piece of paper. It's not just human ideas, human philosophies, human thoughts. It's not just pop psychology. It is the Word of God. The Word of God is the most powerful force in the universe. In fact, the Bible tells us that the entire universe was created by the Word of God. God spoke it into existence. For years, for years and years, scientists believed that the universe was infinite, infinite that it was eternal, had no beginning, had no, it will have no end. And then Einstein came along with his theory of relativity, and then you had guys like Stephen Hawking who came along with their calculations and other scientists, and, and, and they proved that the universe did have a beginning, a definite beginning, and it will have a definite end. Science no longer believes that it's infinite. And they should have just gone to Genesis in the first place and skipped. I remember I said a couple weeks ago, they catch up, they catch up. They caught up with this one, too. They should have just read Genesis and it would have helped them a lot. The scientists believe now that the, the, the universe was started by a big bang. And you say, well, I don't believe that. I do. It's OK. It, it makes sense to me. I, I don't have a problem with that. God said, let there be light. Bang. OK. And that's all they're seeing. That's all they're doing. The God's, God breathed. God spoke. God's word. And it existed. Let there be light. Bang. And there was light. The Bible says it this way. Okay? The Bible says in Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. So the word of God spoke. Let there be light. God also speaks life into people. And to people, 2,000 years ago, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is kind of walking. He's walking the earth. And by his very words, the words he spoke, he raised people from the dead. People were brought back to life simply by his word, by his spoken word. Jesus could speak. Jesus could just speak and life was created. And you think, well, you know, well, you know, I'm not sure if I were there. I believe it. Well, there were there were not just a few people who saw Jesus miracles, not just the miracles of bringing people back to life, but not just a few people were witnesses to Jesus miracles. The Bible says there were 500 people at the same time. Literally, there were sometimes thousands feeding of the 5000, all those kinds of things. And, you know, why is that important? It's important for this reason. The Bible was written, when the Bible was written, and, and they were speaking these truths, and they were saying, here's what Jesus did. There are people, there are so many people actually saw it. And if you were to say, well, you know, whatever, you, the person could literally say, no. That, those people there saw it. Go talk to them. There are eyewitnesses still living that were seeing this. So as the disciples would speak and speak the truth, there were witnesses that saw what Jesus Christ had done. So Jesus could speak and bring about life. I don't have that power. You don't have that power because we're not God. We don't have the power of God. God speaks. All God needs to do is speak and things exist. That is enormous power. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 63, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Life. We're talking about spiritual. We're talking about spiritual life. We're talking about power that can transform history, that can transform society, that can transform people's hearts. There's literally transformation going on here. The word of God is power. He can do the impossible. I was watching a show yesterday and it was like, I think, Star Trek or something like that. And when the captain said to to or whatever, I do this and he said, that's impossible. And the captain said, it's only impossible, though it's not. And the great thing about the great thing about God is that God can do God's word can do what others would consider impossible. Transformational society, history, people, hearts. God can transform it all. Hebrews chapter 12, I mean, chapter four and verse 12 says it like this. The word of God is living and active, living and active. The word of God is actually alive. It's living and active. The word "living" in the Greek is "zeo." It's where we get the word "zoo," zoology, and uh, the girl's name is Zoe. It means to live. To live, the Bible is alive. The words of God, the word of God is living. It is active. It has power. It has energy. It's alive. It's not just words. The Bible it says so. it's living and it's active. And the Greek word for active is an ergos. An ergos, it's where we get the word energy from. The Bible has the energy to transform. The Bible has the power. It has the power, energy, the power to change lives. It's alive. It's active. It can change things. Hebrews four continues, says it is sharper than a double edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The word of God. This is so awesome. Okay, the word of God is it's literally has the ability to cut right to the point you know it has the ability to get right to the point areas of my life that i need to change areas of my life that i i want to see transformed the word of god has the ability to cut right to right to the point right to the heart of the issue it, it, it gets right down to it you try so much, you read this, you try that, you attempt this, but the Word of God gets right to the heart of the issue. The Word of God has the ability to point out what's wrong in my life, things that I'm struggling with in my life. And you say, well, what, what kind of things do we're talking about here in your life? Well, the same things that you're struggling with, the same things you want to overcome, those, those issues, those problems I want to change. I don't know about you, but I want to see transformation in my life. I've been a Christian for a long time, but there are still things in my life to this day. I pray to God. God, help me. Help me to continue to change. Help me to continue to transform. God wants to see transformation in our life. And his word can bring that about. You say, what are you talking about? Well, things I don't like. Things that I know are wrong in my life. It doesn't matter if I'm the pastor. It doesn't matter who you are. We all have those things. We all have a sinful nature. We all struggle with different areas of our lives. You know, there are things, I don't know about you, but there are things, if you're an older Christian, that you worked for years to overcome, right? And you you had victory in those areas. And then all of a sudden, because of the, the pounding of life, all the things that go on, you start to fall back in some of those areas. And you find yourself, wait a second, I thought I had conquered that. And then it's like, whoop, not as much as I had thought. God worked in my life. God transformed me. But slowly, my sinful nature starts creeping back in. And, and we need to continue to look to his word. We need to continue to have that transforming power in our lives. Because it cuts right to the heart of the issue. Things that I know I need to change. And even things that you know you need to change. And you try to change, but you couldn't. You couldn't do it. You've gotten some good books, you've listened to this, you've done that, but on your own, you just couldn't do it. The Bible says the Word of God can change things that I cannot change about myself. God's Word, God's living and active Word, as I read it and it goes into my heart, can bring transformation from the inside out. And if I stop reading and I get lazy or whatever the case may be in this area, there's things that will come back and creep back into our lives. We have an enemy, my friends. On the outside, but we also have a little bit of an enemy on the inside. It's called the sinful nature. And even when we come to Christ, that sinful nature still battles against our new nature. And what is the remedy? The remedy is the Word of God. D.L. Moody, who was a very famous pastor in Chicago about 100 years ago, said this about the Bible. I love it. The Bible was not given to increase our knowledge. The Bible was given to change our lives. It wasn't given to us just to increase our knowledge. It was given to us to change our lives. I can read almost any book and I can see I can change my knowledge. I can be smarter than I was before I read the book. But the Bible's not just the book. It has the ability to change and give me more knowledge, but it has the real ability to take that knowledge and use that knowledge, the power of the word to change my life. There's the difference. Once again, that's what the Bible can do. Now, I want us to do this this week. I want us to look at six specific ways God wants to change our lives through his word. Six ways that God says, if you will invest some time, if you will invest the time in my word... I will change your life. Six different ways God can transform your life. If you're sitting here this morning and you're battling with this, you pick it. I am battling with, you put the word up there. If that's what you're battling with, then don't you turn off at all this morning. You keep your mind focused because there's six, six things that I'm going to share with you that God says, if you will invest time in my word, I can change you. I can change things in your life. So what are some things that the God's living word can change in our lives? first. The first way that God's word changes us is it recreates our lives. Listen, you, and I, I'm not sure if you, a lot of you have been to church a lot, maybe you haven't been to church often, but please try to grasp these concepts because it will literally transform your thinking and transform your life. The Bible can recreate your life. Recreate your life. What does that mean? It means that my life, if my life has been falling apart, if if I if I have gone to, if I've come to the end I feel like I've come to the end of my rope God comes in and He recreates my life He gives me a new He gives me a new beginning He gives me a a a, 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 a fresh start I get to basically start over I begin again The Bible calls it being born again That's how dynamic and dramatic it is Understand when you hear born again Who's a born again Christian you know, people will pick on that. But here's what's happening. This is why you are called born again. But God, how God recreates your life, you, your life up to this point right now, this Sunday and back has been your life. This Sunday forward can be a whole new life for you because God can come in through his word and recreate your life. You will be born again. That is how dynamic what I'm talking about is. You don't just listen. People say, what you need to do now that you've gotten to this point, you need to turn over a new leaf. You don't need. The Bible's not talking about turning over a new leaf. It's giving you a whole new life. You get to begin Again. You get the big giant God eraser and he erases the whole board, the whole whiteboard of all the things you've ever done. He recreates your life. The Bible says in James 1, 18, it says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. He chose to give us birth, that rebirth, that that recreating of life. How how did he do it Through the word of truth, the word of truth? Without the, the word of God, I could not be born again. You could not be born again. We could not be saved. We wouldn't know Christ. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, And how from infancy you have known the scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This book is the book that leads us to the path that will take us to heaven it is only through the word of god that we can understand and have a relationship with christ Have a relationship with god and spend eternity with him See the bible often compare is often compared to a seed. We talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago A seed and the bible the, the word of god the word of god The living and active word of god is then planted it is planted in our lives It is planted in our lives. So as I give you scripture this morning, I'm planting seeds in your life and those seeds, the the roots begin to grow in your heart. They take root in your heart as they take root in your heart. All of a sudden that you get a little you get a little sprout, you get a little it starts to grow. The sprout starts to grow. And that sprout starts to grow and grow and turns, gets larger. I want you to close your eyes just for a second with me. Close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. Close your eyes. I want you to picture this with me. So I planted the seed. That's, that seed starts to sprout. It's, say, it's like a fruit tree. And it starts to grow and it starts to grow. And you see it growing. It's getting larger and it's, it's, it's getting that, uh, the bark on it. And then the flowers, it's spring. It's almost like we missed, uh, we missed winter this year. I love it. And, and it's coming. Spring is coming and the flowers start to bloom and then it bears fruit. And that's what we're talking about here. You plant the seed the roots grow into your heart the heart is a seat of all that goes on in your life okay biblically it grows and then the seed starts to sprout it starts to sprout it starts to grow and then it begins to bear fruit some of you are younger in your faith and you're saying i don't understand i've been a christian for a year and a half two years i don't understand why i've not gotten rid of all of my anger issues really anybody if if, you have a one anybody had a one or two year old have you have you said to your one or two year old why can't you get rid of all your anger issues you know, they, they need to grow. They grow and they, get, and they get stronger and they grow and then they bear fruit. You will get better and you will grow and you will grow and you'll begin to bear fruit. And that fruit will show itself in less anger, more patience. You'll be less of this and less of this. It bears fruit. So it's that seed. It's the seed planted. You can't plant seeds if you don't have seeds to plant. It can't penetrate your heart and start to change you if you're not using, if you're not, if you're not eating, opening up the, the box of seeds and planting the seeds. Reading the instructions and allowing them to permeate and change your life. The Bible says it like this in First Peter chapter one verse twenty-three: "You have been born again, not out of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, living, living and enduring Word of God. Living, living again. It's alive. Say what you th- you know. People, oh, how alive! Come on, give me the Word of God. God breathed these words. It's not just a bunch of guys sitting around writing this stuff down." God breathed it. If I write a book, I'm just sitting down and writing some stuff down. Maybe I've learned from wisdom. Maybe I've read from the word of God. I've gathered up information and I'm speaking truth through what I write. But this has inspired the word of God that can transform lives. So 1 Peter said it it is living Perishable, but imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. It is living. And once it gets in there, it endures. It begins. It moves. So first it, first it, it recreates our lives. But there's more. The second thing that the Word of God can do to change your life is it eradicates your guilt. Okay, now, some, now, if you have fallen asleep at all, some of you need to come on back. Okay? Got to come on back now because some of you, God is going to speak honestly. And I I have prayed over this, and God even spoke to my heart in prayer this morning and said, Make sure that you keep people. Focused, okay, because you need to hear some of these things. Some of you really need to hear some of these things. Can, the word of God can eradicate your guilt. You don't have to live with guilt anymore. You don't have to live with shame anymore. You don't have to live with regret anymore. It's other people out in the world who are going to remind you who you were. It will not be the word of God. Because the word of God already, you were born again. Okay, remember? So you were recreated. It recreated you. Okay, you're born again. Wiped it all clean. And now, now it's saying, I'm going to eradicate those things that are still left over. That guilt, that shame, all those things. I don't want them a part of your life. See, most people st- are stuck with memories of the past. They can't seem to get over. Things that they've done to others or things that people have done to them. And a lot of things they end up doing are based upon what has been done to them, and they're living that out in their lives. And so they're stuck. Did you know that God... See, this is where you get sold a bunch of um, poop. Okay? Okay. <laughs> The, the people in the world say, oh, you know, you don't want to go to church. They're going to make you feel guilty. They're going to make you feel like blah, blah, blah. They're going to make you feel all this shame and everything. That is totally ridiculous. That is completely absurd. God, in His Word, says, I don't want you walking around carrying all this baggage. I don't want you walking around like that. I want you to live guilt-free. I want you to be guilt-free. God, God in his word wants to eradicate your guilt. Let me share some things with you. First John one, nine. If we confess, listen to what it says. Okay, I don't care if you've never been to church before in your life. Listen to these words. If you confess, you know what that means, your sin. He is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sin and purify you from all unrighteousness. So you've been you've been now born again. You've been reborn. okay he's recreated your life. And now he's eradicating all these other things out of you, like freeing you up from those things, the things that the world keeps reminding you of. God's saying, I don't want to remind you of those things. I don't want you to keep doing them. You come as you are, but don't you stay as you are. okay I don't want you to keep doing them But every time when you mess up, you know what? I have I had I have a plan already. I worked out the plan. He says, if you confess your sin He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to read you something else, okay? My dear children, First John, John chapter, we read that first part in 1 John chapter 1, 1, 9, and then we don't read along, we don't read far enough. This is what it says. My dear children, I write this to you so you will not sin. You're like, yeah, now get out. No, go, get out. No. I write this to you so you will not sin. Now, if it was left there, we'd all be going, I'd be saying, don't ever look at this again on the Internet. Don't ever do this again. Don't ever lose your temper again. Don't ever do that again. And I say, now, I've, I written, dear children, I've written this to you. Or I told you this so you will not sin. You'd walk out going, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Listen to what it says, though. It goes on. It doesn't stop there. But if anyone does sin, he's <laughs> you no know, dummy. Right, I got a sinful nature. I tell you this. Not, I tell you not to lose your temper. But Jeff Greer, if you do lose your temper, if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Come on with that. Come on. So he recreates our lives, and then he starts wiping these out. It's a, that is a cleansing verse. That is a disinfecting verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, listen to me. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you again the difference between what God does in your life and what Satan does in your life. The Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He's covered us. And, he, and when God sees us, he no longer sees us. He sees his son. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we have, been, we, have, we have died with Christ and been raised with him again. I know some of these concepts, but listen to what I'm saying. If you ever feel condemned, that is not from God. I go out and do something really stupid after the service. What I will feel as a Christian is convicted. I, I drove out. I've never done this. I promise. I haven't out of the church or anywhere else. I promise. But I drive out and someone cuts me off and I flip him the bird. Okay. I'm the pastor driving out of Grace Chapel. All right. I go. What on earth just happened? I just flipped that guy the bird and he actually goes here. I'm um, no just. <laughs> all the kids look out the window, the eyes this big, like, "What was that?" Was Pastor Jeff? No. So I did that right now. The Holy Spirit's going to go, Holy mackerel, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, Lord God, you're right. I just, I just did that. It's terrible. And he'll convict me. And once he convicts me, guess what I do? I ask forgiveness in Jesus' name. And once I ask forgiveness in Jesus' name, guess what happens? I'm forgiven, okay, and then I move along. And I, and I may feel bad about it. I may still feel bad. I may still feel, since what Satan's going to do is, you're the pastor. How could you even call yourself a Christian? You should just quit your job because you're, you're, that's the most horrifying thing anyone's ever done in, in, the uni- in the history of the universe. Other than Adam and Eve eating the fruit, you're the worst person to ever live. And that's how he makes you feel. And some of you feel that way. It's, it's a lie. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I sin, I ask forgiveness, God always forgives me, and I move on and let my feelings catch up to me. I love you, but your feelings don't count in these matters. What matters is your heart. If you ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you. Listen. Jesus already took the punishment upon himself on the cross. You say, well, that's today. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And I don't care if you commit the same sin over and over and over again. As long as you're trying your best to overcome that, God continues to forgive and forgive. God looks at the heart. God knows the heart. And God continues to forgive. Listen to what Ephesians 5.25 tells us. That Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her That to make her, listen to these words, to make her holy, cleansing by the washing with water through the what? The word, okay, through the word. Listen to those, look at that, holy, holy. Think about being holy. You can say, I am holy. I Say that, I am holy. Oh my goodness gracious. See, this is the problem. Say, I am holy. holy. Yeah, man, you guys are, you're holy. Why? Through the cleansing, by the washing, by the water, through the word. Through the word, the word of God gives you those things. They're a gift. They came from Jesus Christ who died on the cross. So we have freedom from all of those things. Jesus once once told the 12 disciples in John chapter 15, verse 3, you are already clean, you are already clean, Because of the word I have spoken to you. Some of you are sitting here, I'm just, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but some of you are sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, he doesn't understand, you church people don't understand what I have been through. You know what? I don't need to understand what you've been through. Because there's nothing you have done, there's nothing that you have done that can overcome the grace of God. Jesus Christ's grace, his grace is sufficient for you. There's nothing you have, your sin is not more powerful than the grace of God. Okay, that's all there is to it. And all the people sitting next to you, all the church people sitting next to you, not one of them wants to show their life story up on the board. Let's roll the tape of Sally and what she's done in her life. No one wants to see that. Okay, no one wants that exposed. We're all sinners saved by grace. Working our way together to become more like Jesus Christ. Don't let any other voices in your mind speak to you and tell you anything other than what I'm telling you this morning because it is from the pit of hell and it's a complete and utter lie. This is truth. What I'm telling you is truth. The word of God can recreate my life and then it can eradicate my guilt. And the third thing you can do, if you have fallen asleep, you have to wake back up because this one's for you, okay? It can activate my faith. Da da da. It can activate my faith. God can do amazing things. This is so important. You know why it's so important? Because when my faith is activated, it gives me confidence. I can have confidence. I have confidence. You know, I, I I have discovered that most people in the world don't have that kind of confidence most people are afraid to take risks most people are they have fears they're afraid of the future they're afraid of dying they have all kinds of fears that are going on in their lives there's fear of this and fear of that they're walking around they they're not they don't have that confidence they're not walking with confidence because they're not people of faith they're not walking as people of faith And so you even as a believer, sometimes you, you know, Jesus Christ, but you're not walking in faith because you don't have confidence. You don't have that spiritual confidence because here's why faith, write this down, faith is word activated. Come on. Faith is word activated. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Christ. Let me read that again. Faith comes from hearing the message, right? So faith comes, the faith, the growing faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. You ever been you ever been reading your Bible and you're reading your Bible and, you, and a verse kind of comes out and you read that verse and you say to yourself, I can, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That that yes, I can overcome that issue in my life, because God's word spoke to my heart. What you know what just happened to you when you open up your Bible and you read that and you say to yourself, I can do that. I can do all things through Christ. I, I can do that. You know what happened? The word just activated your faith. That's exactly what's happening. See, it happens to you, but you don't really know what's going on. I'm just putting it into words so you can understand it next time it happens to you. The w- faith is word activated. It's activated. There's a, that's, the, that's why there's a difference between the Bible and self-help books. Okay, A lot of self-help books that you read can tell you sometimes, sometimes, the right thing to do. But they cannot give you the power to do it. There's the difference. They can, they can tell you kind of the right thing to do, but they don't have the power to actually pull it off. They, don't have, they can't give you the power because they're not living. Those books are not living. They're not, they're not alive. But the Word of God tells us what to do. It tells us always always, always, it always tells us the right thing to do, and it gives us the power to do it. You know what I'm saying? You understand that? Do, you, do you, you feel that in your heart? It not only tells you the right thing to do, but it always get, and it gives you the power to do it. That's the difference sometimes between self-help books and, some, and, and the Word of God. The Word of God, and, and when, you, when you go through that, God's Word Telling me showing me what to do and god's word giving me the power to do it when it starts to activate in my life And I start to see that my faith growing It's transformational My faith grows when those things begin to happen to me when I see when I read god's word I read god's word And it gives me the power to do it and i'm actually seeing that in my life. My faith grows my faith grows The fourth thing that the bible can do to change my life is it stimulates my growth It stimulates my growth when listen, when you read the word of God And you and you 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 feel the power of God unleashed in your life You grow in supernatural ways It gives you my friends. It gives you the power to overcome your weaknesses It gives you the power to break your addictions to defy your limitations the power of God, when, when you as you read the word of God, it, it, it begins to and you read it and it begins to un, be unleashed in your life, unleashed in who you are. You begin to change and you begin to do things that you didn't think you were capable of doing. Those addictions that you faced all of your life. Now, the word of God is, is working in your heart. You're able to overcome those addictions. You're able to defy, to defy, to defy those limitations. You know, I love it in this world you hear the world say, you know, there's two things that really determine you're defined by your genetics and your environment. Okay, that's what you hear. That's what you're told. And it's very true. Okay, genetics have a profound impact on who you are and your environment has a profound impact on who you are. And so now you're sitting there this morning going, oh, man, that stinks because, uh, you know, I have trouble in one area, I have trouble in another area. But let me let me tell you the truth now. There's three things that determine the destiny of your life, okay? And one of them dominates the other two completely. You have genetics, you have environment, and then you have the Holy Spirit living in your life. And the Holy Spirit dominates genetics and dominates environment. So don't let anybody tell you that you have a tendency because your father or your mother or your grandparents were this, 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 then you're going to have a tendency to be that, and that's, that's kind of your destiny. My destiny is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not to be like my grandfather, not to be like my father, not that they were bad people, but my destiny is, just, is because I, is to become more like my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody tell you that environment and, and genetics are the determining factor of who you are. The Holy Spirit of God can overcome both of those things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. God made it grow. It is God's word that causes spiritual growth. It is God's word that causes spiritual growth. We need to own these things. We need to own them. It is God's word as we read his word that causes spiritual growth. Number five, it elevates my mood. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you need your mood elevated. You know it. You need your mood elevated. You are having a big, you're depressed and you're struggling and you feel so down and out and you feel like no one cares. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You feel like no one cares. And it's so, it's so overwhelming. Listen, when, when, whenever that happens to you again, okay, don't, don't go for a cup of coffee for a pick-me-up, okay? Go for the Word of God. Pick up the Word of God. Don't look, to, don't look to try to boost your mood or boost your whatever by this. You pick up the Word of God. God's Word was given to us to encourage us. It was given us as an encouragement, as a mood elevator. It elevates our mood, and it doesn't do it through outside stimulus. It does it from internal change. It can transform us from the inside out. I'm going to, I want you to finish a sentence for me. Don't say it out loud. You've had a really bad, discouraging day, a lot of discouragement, and you walk home and you walk in the house and you say to yourself, boy, I really need to. I really need to. Whatever words, you, whatever words you put in there, that could be part of your problem. That could be part of your problem. I don't know if anyone said, boy, I really need to pick up the Word of God and read it. I really need to read the Word. Well, you probably said to yourself, boy, I really need a drink. <laughs> I had a really bad, I had a really, I really need a drink. I really need to watch this show. I really need to anesthetize myself. I really need to somehow nurture myself with whatever I do or watch or whatever else. That's what you're thinking. I really need, because I'm such a disgrace, and what that, you don't need to reach for any of that anymore. What you need to do is reach for the Word of God and sit down and let the Word of God begin to change you from the inside out. It is a mood elevator. The next time you get discouraged, the next time you feel fatigued, you're running out of energy, instead of turning on the television and and listening to Dr. Phil, why don't you listen to Dr. Luke? Right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, Dr. Luke. The next time you're feeling that way, don't, don't listen to Dr. Phil. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Listen to Dr. Luke, because Dr. Luke can give you more than just advice. Dr. Luke, in the Word of God, can tell you what you need, and then it, the Word of God can give you the power to actually do it. There's the difference once again. There is the difference. Oprah, Phil, Dr. Phil, books, all they can tell you some things to do, but they don't give you the power to actually pull it off. Dr. Luke, on the other hand, what God spoke through him can transform your life. The Bible has the power to change your emotional state. You have to believe that. I don't care what anybody told you. The Bible, through the word of God has the power to change your emotional state. That's why you need to spend time alone with God all the time, every day. You need to spend time alone with God every single day. Listen to me. Some of you are really struggling what i'm telling you is truth. This is truth what others are, are feeding you I don't know where it's coming from, but if it's not what I just described to you, it's not true Why do you think you're still struggling? It's not true one more Please If you faded now come on back, okay Come on back one more. It liberates my potential. It liberates my potential it liberates my potential. That's what you've come along. It's recreated you. It's eradicated all those things in your life. You know, we go down and now it, 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 can, it can release my potential. It, it's, it, the, God's word can do that. It liberates me. This is so important. This is so important. Listen, because only your God, only your creator truly knows your full potential. Your parents don't know your full potential. Your husband, your wife, your friends, your boss certainly doesn't know your full potential. No one knows your full potential except your creator, God. Not only only you understand, you don't even understand the greatness that is within you. Only God knows what you're capable of Only God understands what you're capable of because he created you So you've got to spend time in his word. Listen, listen to me, please Please god help them. Listen to me You've got to stop living in the boxes that other people have put you in even by mistake. Sometimes You've got to stop living out what other people have 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 determined that you should do You know where most people you know how most people live their lives most people live for the approval of others. Man, that was fine when you were growing up and you wanted your dad or your mom's approval. But right now in your life right now, most people live for the approval of others. Most people worry so much about what other people think. They're worried about what other people are going to think, what other people are going to say, and that 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 creates listen, that creates limitations. That's a plot of the enemy to keep you in bondage, to keep you in the box that he wants you in. Do you understand the enemy knows more of what you're capable of than you do? Why do you think that's happened? Why do you think that's happened in your life? To create those limitations, to create that box. Every opportunity I've ever had to do something great for God, I have had the most vicious and horrifying opposition. I don't know how else to put it. If I told you some of the specific stories, you'd be angry right along with me. When we started Grace Chapel, I was told, you, you can't do that. You can't start a church. You don't have this, and you don't have that. You'll never be able to get this, and blah, blah, blah. All the reasons that we should never do this, and I don't know why. Why don't you just hook up with blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. Don't do that. Started back-to-back ministries. Holy mackerel. We started back-to-back ministry. I sat down with three people, and they're telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. All the biblical, all the right, all the way, to why I shouldn't do this, and how I'm not capable, and all these kinds of things. And then, my goodness, when we wanted to send Todd and Beth over to Mexico, you'd have thought I was Attila the Hun. How dare you? You're not a sending organization. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not, you, there's other organizations, around for a hundred years have been doing this. And yeah, you know what? Someone, a hundred years ago, stepped out and said, you know what? We need to send these people over to Tanzania. And fifty people said, you can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Who gives you, who makes you, what makes you think? You know what makes me think that I can actually do something? Not that I'm so great, that he's so great. Not that I have all this power, all this knowledge, all I'm so wonderful. He's so powerful. He's so awesome. He's so wonderful. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives right in here, buddy. And I'm not, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live with all the boxes that you want to stick me in. And that's what I'm saying to every, every one of you. No matter what it is, whether it's Grace Chapel or back-to-back ministries or self-sustaining enterprises, there's always a bunch of knuckleheads. Peanut gallery people tell you why you can't do something. And you've got to remember something. It is God who gives you the power to do it. It is the Word of God, it is the Word of God penetrating your heart that allows you to do these things. And it it's the Word of God, listen, that is my point is that is speaking truth into your life. The Word of God is speaking truth into your life. And other people, even if they didn't mean to, have lied to you. Here's the point. You, my friends, have been lied to throughout your life. Even if people didn't mean to do it. Maybe some didn't have the intention of lying to you, but you were lied to. How many of you growing up maybe you heard things like, "Oh, you can't. It's really sweet, but you can't do that. You're not you don't have the ability to do that. You're not capable of this or that. Maybe they even said things like, "You know what? You're worthless." You're, they didn't say it in so many words, but maybe you'll never, your teacher told you, you know what, buddy, sitting in the back always acting up, you'll never amount to anything. And you told, you probably maybe gave her the finger or you told, you said some snotty comment back to him or her, whatever else, you were to stand up in the reality. Guess what? Those words There's the word of God. But those words, you're not good enough. You're not capable. You can't. Those words have penetrated your heart and you have you believe them. That's the problem. You believe those words and you live those words out. You let them go over and over and over in your mind. You're not. You're not. You can't. You, ha- you, you allow those words to go over in your mind. And Satan starts to weave in, in your, the fabric of your existing existence all of these lies. Was It Your fault you should have you couldn't and all of a sudden you're beaten down by those things and you're put in a box And you're told to sit right there And if you want to try to break out some of you are sitting here this morning and you won't get involved in small group You won't get involved in a ministry a- area activity. You won't get involved You won't lead because satan tells you who do you think you are to lead? Do you remember what you did 20 years ago? Remember you did 20 minutes ago. Who do you think you are to lead? And so you huddle back in your little box and you sit there. Why? Because you believe him instead of the word of God. You believe that person's words instead of the word of God. So many of you are living out the lies that you've been told instead of living out your capabilities. Jesus said this in eight, John, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. Listen. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Some of you are not free. Some of you here this morning are not free. God's Word will set you free. Listen, just close your eyes for a second. Don't don't, don't get lost. Just close them. I want you to hear these words. Let these words go into you. God's word will set you free. His word will set you free. It will unlock you. It will unlock your true potential. You were created for a specific purpose. You've been boxed in. You've been railroaded. You've been going off the wrong path because you've been set on that path by lies. And so now God's going to unlock you. He's going to liberate you. He's going to set you free. He's going to give you the ability to do things that you didn't think you were capable of doing, that you never thought possible. He will set you free you free now listen to me you can look at me now but listen to me listen stop calling my god and your god and my savior and your savior a liar i don't know how else to put it i don't know how nice to be about it you need as believers in jesus christ to stop calling your savior a liar because he told you who you were he told you what you're capable of doing. He told you how to get there. He's telling you that how, how precious you are, how important you are, how he wants to use you, how he's created you for a specific purpose, and instead you're calling him a liar and believing some other person who lied to you. Think about it. You've been lied to and you're choosing to believe the lie. You're choosing to believe the lie. Stop calling the one who's giving you truth a liar. He is the one who created you. He is the one who knows you. He is the one who gives the power to you and no one else. Everything else you ever heard in your entire life, if it didn't come from the word of God, is a lie from the pit of hell. A lie from the pit of hell. You are who God created you to be, and that's it. You are who God purposed you to be, and that's it. Anything else, my friends, is a lie from the pit of hell. Stop calling your Savior a liar and start calling the father of lies what he is. He's the liar. And if someone did it by accident, if someone did it on purpose, it doesn't matter. It was spoken through the father of lies and told you stop going over it and over and over it in your heart, and your mind, let it go and let the power, let the word of God planted in you begin to take root in your heart. When the Holy Spirit comes in, there is no room for anything else. He will push those things out of your life, but you have to allow him to do that. Bow your heads with me. If you would stand up and I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. For some of you, you don't know Jesus Christ. Everything I just told you is completely true, but you can't tap into that power until you have a relationship with Him. If you want that relationship with him, I want you to come and speak to me today. I want you to say, please, let's get together. I want to talk about this. Or even right now, you can say in your heart, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I don't need a pastor to tell me I'm a sinner. I don't need a Bible to tell me I'm a sinner. I just know it because I'm not perfect. Therefore, I'm a sinner. And Father, thank you for giving me your son, Jesus Christ to free me from my guilt, to renew my life, to do the things that Pastor Jeff just talked about. I receive them all. I accept them all. Thank you for that gift. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to say in your heart to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not magic. It comes from your heart. Some of you want to make that decision this morning. Make this your spiritual birthday. You are now born again. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. What matters is from right this moment to the future going forward. And when you mess up, you just ask Jesus to forgive you and you keep moving forward. Father God, I pray with all of my heart, with all of my passion, that you would help my brothers and sisters here this morning to be freed from the bondage that the evil one has placed them under. Freed from the lies they've been told all their lives, or maybe just once or twice when they were children, but they've lived it out their entire lives. Free them up, Lord. You need them. We need them as the body of Christ. Set them free. Set them free right now, Lord. Set them free to be the people they were created to be. Give them the power to do it. Because we know you can. Ignite our faith, activate our faith, Lord God, and let us leave this place and not think, wow, that was an interesting service, but Lord God, take it with us. And for this day and the days to come and the months to come and the years to come, may these words ring back in their minds that they are who you created them to be. They are a holy nation. They are a people belonging to you. I pray, dear God, that you would crush any evil that would tell them otherwise, that you would protect them, Lord, with your spirit, and that you would crush any other words that try to go against your word. Breathe new life into them, Lord God. Let them be unleashed on this world through the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen.